Man, we're nerds. That's confirmed. Lots of good episodes. We got a whole page of good stuff. Cinematic masterpiece. Cinematography. We got half a page of nipples. I feel like we've grown as a podcast. Like a fungus. This is good because it makes me think. Just the creativity of putting this together. It's a science experiment. And it's going to be funny. Fun for the whole family. The most professional podcast on the internet. Keep doing whatever makes you a discerning geek. The discerning geeks portal. Welcome back, discerning listeners, to another head-to-head bloody matchup as two movies will fight it out in the realm of discerning geeks. Our judges today as to who will be the winner, myself, Todd. Todd, how's it going? Good, good. How about you? Good, good. And Andrew. Andrew, how you doing this evening? Good, man. Excited to watch the fight. We got a fight this evening. Another versus episode. We are doing Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Todd, why don't you tell a little bit about each of our fighters tonight? We are facing off Deep Impact versus Armageddon. When MSNBC reporter Jenny Lerner gets a little too close to a story even she doesn't fully understand, the president reveals to the world that an asteroid large enough to cause an extinction-level event is headed toward Earth. We then follow various characters in their reactions to the news, shuttle astronauts in their attempt to destroy the asteroid, and the government with its backup plan after the shuttle mission's partial success. And I think I forgot to say, but that was the summary for Deep Impact. And Deep Impact is starring Taya Leone, Elijah Wood, Morgan Freeman, and Robert Duvall. Uh, and just to go over the cast a little bit, Taya Leone uh, was also in the TV show Madam Secretary. Uh, Elijah Wood is, of course, famous for Lord of the Rings. Robert Duvall, I'm sure, has been in all kinds of stuff, but I'm not sure I'm as familiar with him. Morgan Freeman was, of course, in Shawshank Redemption and The Dark Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, a few other people that were in this, maybe uh, slight lesser names in this movie. Uh, John Favreau was one of the uh, shuttle crew members, and he's of course famous in the MCU for playing Happy Hogan, the uh, assistant to Iron Man, and also directing the first two Iron Man movies. And he's also famous in Star Wars for creating the Mandalorian. Uh, also Mary McCormick plays one of the shuttle crew members and she played a character in the last few seasons of the West Wing and not long after that she got her own TV show about a bounty hunter and I think I saw a few episodes of that Richard Schiff plays one of the parents of one of the teenagers and he's of course famous for playing Toby Ziegler in all seven seasons of the West Wing and Denise Crosby plays a parent of one of the other teenagers in this movie and she's of course famous for playing Tasha Yar in Star Trek The Next Generation Deep Impact was released on May 8th, 1998, with a rating of PG-13. It was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien, and it was directed by Mimi Leader, who is probably best known as a director and producer of lots of TV shows, including ER, at least one episode of The West Wing, and a one-season wonder that I'm not sure anybody else will remember called John Doe, from the heydays of when Fox tried sci-fi show after sci-fi show, even though they kept canceling a long time too. Now we'll move on to Armageddon. When a comet the size of Texas is on a collision course with Earth, 
NASA trains eight unruly but skilled deep core drillers to be astronauts rather than training astronauts how to drill in an attempt to blow up the massive comet from the inside out. Explosions, yelling, unfunny jokes, training montages, canyon jumping, and many character deaths ensue. You got it reversed. Deep Impact had the comet. Armageddon had the asteroid. Armageddon is starring Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, and Billy Bob Thornton. And going through that cast list again, Bruce Willis, of course, famous for Die Hard movies. Uh, ben Affleck is, of course, famous for being a friend of Matt Damon. Uh, no, just kidding. He, he was also Batman in the, in the DCE. Uh, Liv, Liv Tyler is, of course, famous for uh, Lord of the Rings, where she played an elf. Uh, also, uh, a few minor names in this. Marshall Teague was one of the shuttle commanders in this movie, and he also played Talon, a Narn, on Babylon 5. Uh, he also played a human in one season one episode, and not a great episode. And neat little coincidence, even though things were kind of produced and shown out of order during the first season of Babylon 5 and a little bit near the end of Babylon 5, he was in. He happened to be in the first produced episode of Babylon 5 and the last produced episode of Babylon 5, even though they were not the first and last that were aired. And it was really cool. I actually got to meet him at Space City Con in January, I think, 2014. And there was something about how I think he either provided the sword of Talon or they let him keep it or something like that. But I think he also decorated, like he put some jewels on the handle or something like that. But anyway, he actually had the sword there. And so he was letting people actually hold the sword so you could get a, a picture with the sword of Talon. And so I actually have a, a picture of me holding the sword of Talon. Also, uh, Ken Campbell was in this, and he was in Down Periscope. He played Buckman, the cook. Uh, we actually reviewed Down Periscope a few episodes ago, so check that out. And then also in Armageddon was Owen Wilson, who is uh, kind of a favorite actor of ours. Uh, Armageddon was released on July 1st, 1998. Uh, so that was about two months after Deep Impact. It also has a rating of PG-13. Had a lot of hands in the cookie jar for the writing. The story by credits go to Robert Roy Poole and Jonathan Hensley. Apparently an adaptation was by Tony Gilroy and Shane Salerno. And then the final screenplay credits go again to Jonathan Hensley and also J.J. Abrams. And I kind of have mixed feelings about J.J. Abrams. And lastly, it was directed by Michael Bay. And in keeping with a long-standing tr tradition on this podcast, Michael Bay's name will always be accompanied by, if not outright, replaced by the sound of an explosion. And knowing him, that's probably the way he would like it. I also have a little bit of information on the financial success or not success of the movies and also some awards. You want me to go over that now or kind of save it for later or, or what? No, that's a good place to start. Let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, lead us off with the... The financial success, because we're one head to head. So we're going to have to look and see which one wins out. So which one wins out with the in the pocketbook? Armageddon okay. or Deep Impact? Well, they were both wild, uh, pretty wide, yeah, widely successful at the box office. Now, Deep Impact did a little bit better in its opening weekend. It beat Armageddon uh, in its opening weekend by about $5 million. Now, Armageddon was more profitable overall. In fact, it was the highest grossing film of 1998 worldwide and the second highest grossing 
of the year in the United States. And my statistic says United States, but I think that might be North America. And even then, not all of North America. I think Canada might get lumped in with us uh, when it comes to box office stuff. But anyway, it finished just behind Saving Private Ryan. And then do you want me to go over awards too? Yes. Yeah, go ahead and okay. what you got. Okay. So as far as Oscars, nothing for Deep Impact. Armageddon did get several nominations, but no wins for things like Best Sound, Best Sound Effects Editing, Best Visual Effects, and Best Original Song. As far as the Saturn Awards, uh, Deep Impact was nominated for Best Sci-Fi Film. Armageddon got some nominations for things like Best Actor in Bruce Willis, Best Supporting Actor in Ben Affleck, Best Music, Best Costumes, and Best Special Effects. And here's the thing that's kind of confounding. It actually won for Best Director in Michael Bay. (laughs) I I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't know what they were smoking that year. And it won Best Sci-Fi Film that year also, but not by itself. It tied with Dark City. We also reviewed Dark City a while back, uh, not too long ago, so check out that review. And while I I do like Dark City, the idea that those two movies together would beat out Deep Impact, uh, that's just a travesty. Moving on to Blockbuster Awards, Deep Impact got several nominations, including, uh, well, actually, I think they were all actor awards. Favorite actor, Robert Duvall. Favorite actor, Morgan Freeman, favorite actress, Taya Leone, favorite supporting actress, Vanessa Redgrave, and f- favorite supporting actor, Elijah Wood. Uh, sticking with the Blockbuster Awards, Armageddon got several nominations, favorite actress, Liv Tyler, favorite supporting actor, Billy Bob Thornton, also favorite soundtrack, also kind of confusing, it got uh, favorite actor in Bruce Willis and favorite supporting actor in Ben Affleck. So it sounds like Armageddon did better in the awards, but got one more category here in the Razzies the deep impact (laughs) deep impact got no Razzie nominations or wins Armageddon however got nominations for worst picture worst screen couple worst supporting actress in Liv Tyler worst director worst screenplay and worst original song and won for worst actor in Bruce Willis And the Razzies will sometimes combine things if a person is in more than one bad performance per year. So he won for not just this movie, but also a combination of Mercury Rising and The Siege, which apparently also came out that year. And then the one little bit of trivia I want to throw in, I know it's kind of random, but I I think it might set the tone and maybe give a little bit of a spoiler for my opinions here. In the the commentary track for Armageddon, Ben Affleck says he asked Michael Bay why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers. And Michael told me to shut the F up. How rude. So that was the end of that talk. Rejected. (laughs) Okay. 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 All right. So, yeah, let's get into it. I think I got a little bit of a hint at where um, Todd is on which of these he may like a little bit more. So, Andrew, we got to get down to just kind of, you know, first impressions. Before we, we really break it down, you know, just which one did you enjoy more? Which which movie did you like better? I mean... I, I don't even know how to say this as a joke. I was going to make a joke about it, but I can't. 
Armageddon is just a crackhead movie. Okay. I mean, it is so wacky, and there's so many fallacies and logic Uh that I have to choose Deep Impact. (sighs) Todd is confused here. Somehow he got the movies reversed in his head and thought Andrew meant the other movie. (laughs) Because Armageddon is just so crazy. It's just Mm. so weird. It's just so... I, I, I don't understand it. But, uh, huh. I think we lost that bet, Todd. <laughs> what? Do you remember we actually recorded a session on what we thought, which one we thought Andrew would like more? Yeah, but I thought we said that he would like Armageddon better. Yeah, he just said Armageddon was crackhead, right? Yeah. But he, it sounds like he's saying he likes it better. What planet are you on right now? I don't even like you bozos, and I'm paying more attention than you are. No. No. No, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. He was saying it was cracking. He had to like deep impact because it was just so much. Oh, I missed it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, okay, I missed it. I for, okay, I misheard. I thought he said Armageddon was better. Okay. No. Yeah, we had a bet going that you better. would. We had a bet going that you would like the testosterone filled Armageddon a little bit more than the. Now I do like the testosterone factor. The testosterone <laughs> gives it like four extra bonus bonus points in my final rating. Okay. I mean, it's not every day where you're an oil driller and you're banging your boss's daughter, okay? <laughs> and you got, like, figurines of half-naked women in your room. Now, I got to give bonus points, okay? But okay. it doesn't outweigh the ludicrousy that is the, the, the concept of the movie. Let's break this down a little bit and go kind of a couple of categories. And sadly, you know, for our listeners, normally we give a little heads up about which categories we're going to talk about. And I didn't do it this time because I wanted to kind of get the off the cuff, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see if maybe we are better if I do categories ahead of time or if we're just as good if we don't prepare as much. But I want to start with this, this, the heroes, right? We have heroes in these stories, mostly in the the uh, guys or uh, yeah, they're basically um, astronauts who have to go up and save the world uh, in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's astronauts and oil drigger, drillers, or just these astronauts, um, you know. So. Talk to me who you liked better as a hero. Was it the crew of the Messiah in Deep Impact? Or was it the crew of, there were two, Deliver, I forget the name of the shuttles in in Armageddon. It wasn't really that important. But anyway, so Independence and Freedom. uh, Was that the Freedom. Yeah, I think that's right. Freedom and Independence. Who did you like better? Who was a better hero? Who, who made the, the better hero and why? Three, two, one, fight. 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 Round one. Fight. Round one. All right, Todd, I just kind of put Andrew on the spot, so I'll let you kind of start us off in the... Okay, so by hero, are you talking about any one specific characters, or do you just want me to go kind of cast by cast? So I'm thinking in the general big picture, right? The, the, the teams that save the day, you have the teams, um, the team on Messiah that uh, for deep impact. And then you have the teams on these two shuttles okay. and, and Armageddon. Um, 
Okay. Who do so, you think was more heroic? Well, now Armageddon, if you talk about heroic, technically, even though the writing quality is vastly different between the two, technically they both achieved their mission um, and they are heroic, but I've got to give it to the crew of the Messiah because um, they seemed more professional. They seemed to do the job better. I mean, think about it. The other side had two shuttles, two crews, lost more than one crew because when they came back to Earth, they had a full shuttle. But one of those was technically the the crazy Russian that they picked up along the way. So they actually, out of 14 people, they technically lost eight. Uh, Now, granted, the Messiah, they lost everybody, but that was because of a self-sacrifice. They also had more dramatic moments. Uh, it also seemed like each one of them was more useful. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the people over on the two shuttles in Armageddon were basically just there to be cannon fodder. And, and as Andrew said, Armageddon is just crazy. So some of the stuff that the crews are over on Armageddon, it's like half the stuff they're doing doesn't make sense. and isn't realistic. And I'm sure that real life scientists could totally pick apart uh, Deep Impact too. But it's the type of thing where to the average moviegoer, I would think that Deep Impact is more believable, whether it should be or not. And I felt the heroism more naturally in Deep Impact, especially when they're doing their goodbye. Well, I guess we should say this, spoilers, uh, when they're doing their goodbyes to their families, when over in Armageddon, uh, yes, they were technically still more heroic, but I felt like some of the celebration that they got when they got back to earth was a little bit more manufactured and over the top. And, uh, the way there were, you know, dozens of American flags and the, and the Aerosmith music, it was kind of like it was manufactured emotions, like trying to force you to feel a certain thing. So I I could probably go on and on, but obviously, yeah, my point is going to go to deep impact. Okay. Okay. Andrew, how about you? Now, again, I love me some testosterone, (laughs) but dang, is Armageddon a bad movie with bad characters. (laughs) Oh my gosh. As much as I love the idea of a bunch of sweaty oil drill workers hopping into astronaut suits, going into space, and drilling a nuke into a asteroid the size of Texas <laughs> I, 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 t- I I can't take it seriously and things are more heroic if they're realistic right? Right. But this isn't realistic because it's a crackhead movie <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's it, it makes me uh, it makes me frustrated because it could have been such a such a good movie for me been right. a perfect movie for me, you know, but that that I uh, just I don't see it. I don't like the characters. I don't like the writing. So automatically, Deep Impact gets the win. Okay, and yes. I do think that the characters in Deep Impact are a bit more heroic. And there's more direct heroism in that. You know, yeah, yeah. Armageddon. You know what the guy. They're drawing straws to see who gets left on the asteroid. Really? Really? Y'all yeah. can't just suck it up and do it? <sighs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. There, there's a lot in in Armageddon that seems like it would be good, but then it just misses in so many ways that it, you feel like it's goof troop trying to save the world, and and it's just not. It's just not there. Because you do, you want that seriousness, and and you get that I think more with the crew of Messiah, um, in in all the little details that they do, you know, from the moment that uh, he's reading Moby Dick to the guy who got blinded, you know, just to kind of help keep his mind off of things, and it, it was very grounded, it was very real, it was like, wow, okay, I can I can definitely relate to these people with deep impact now you're getting the movies reversed too considering what you say next i think you mean armageddon the most realistic part of the whole movie is where the oil drillers are like yeah we're going to do this but we don't want to ever pay taxes again (laughs) that 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 was a good moment i'll have to admit because because think about it they are literally saving the world right (laughs) if i were in that position i'd be like i'm never paying taxes again i want free medical care for the rest of my life i mean hell if i were in europe i'd probably be getting free medical care so you know you ought to give it give it to me if i'm saving the whole world uh yeah that 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 was a good moment they 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 should have had all kinds of demands and i wouldn't blame them if i could demand anything in exchange for saving the world first I'd get out of my contract with you bozos. Then, hmm, maybe I would demand to have a supporting role in the next Captain Marvel movie. Maybe I would demand a revival of Xena, Warrior Princess. I'm pretty sure one of my demands would involve Matt Damon, but I don't know if I should say what in a public forum. Okay, so that one definitely goes to Deep Impact. Okay, this one's a little tricky, and I'm curious to see what you guys feel about this. But I would be remiss if I didn't throw in the category of the romantic couple. Uh, Dude. And who has the better romantic couple? Is it, you know, Ben Affleck and um, what's her name? (laughs) Uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. um, Or two little kids that get married and end up with the kid at the end of the movie. Um, And why do you think they had a better, I guess, I don't want to call them romance because I don't know that either one of them was much of a romance, but a better love story. Uh, What you got? What you got? Uh, Todd, I'm going to start with you again. Round two. I'm sure you're going to be shocked by this. But I'm going to choose Deep Impact. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Because, okay, yes, they're teenagers, and who knows if that, what, I mean, they will probably stay together, uh, but they are teenagers. And if they didn't, you know, it, it might be understandable. But he, you can tell that even as teenagers, they do love each other. They're going to extremes, but they're also in this extreme situation. I mean, think about it. They're just kids. They're still in high school and they get married. But the reason they do it is so that he can help their family. That's like an emotional thing right there. That That is that is so cool. And you mentioned the thing about how they end up with a kid at the end. All right. It's not like 
she's pregnant is it's their kid it's her younger sister their brother sister that her parents just had but their parents give the 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 baby to her because there are only so many humans that can fit on this little motorcycle that can get to safety which means the parents know that they're about to get hit by this tidal wave again spoilers and it's like Take your sister, brother, we can't save her, you can, you can. And so it's like this young couple, they're going to have to raise their baby. And it's a little bit weird because it's not their, their, I can't remember if it, it was a boy or a girl, but it's not their son or daughter. It's her sister. But still, it's like a catastrophe this big is going to cause upheavals in families and relationships and who's living with who in order to support who and everything. And it's kind of like we're getting a glimpse of the future because I have to admit the way Deep Impact happens, it's like the the, the smaller asteroid hits and the movie kind of somewhat abruptly ends after that. It, but that is kind of a glimpse of the future that the, the structure of families are probably going to change because of how many people are getting wiped out by this thing. And then over in Armageddon, it's just kind of your typical thing of two young, attractive people getting together and having a father who's uh, kind of disapproving at first and later kind of accepts it. It's, it's just so conventional over on Armageddon's side. Okay. Okay. No, that, that, that's interesting. I like that. I like that. Andrew, what about you? Now, Todd, you make a lot of good points, but there's a lot to be said about the balls of a man who can <laughs> screw around with his boss's daughter who works at an oil rig and just does it in a place that he can walk in on them doing it. That's That takes some guts. And that, he does get if shot that's, for it. <laughs> if that's not crazily in love, I don't know what is. Okay? I think that they have the stronger love. They have the stronger love story just because of the, 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 the courage they have <laughs> to do something as ballsy as that, in my opinion. Okay. 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 Interesting. Interesting. I guess I'm going to be the tie-breaking vote here. And, and this is a weird one for me because I always felt like the relationship in Deep Impact made me cringe a little bit. Mainly because of the age, but then at the same time, it's not like they were 12. You know, they were they were in high school and in many areas of the world, there's a lot of people that are married and having kids by that age. I'm not a, a huge fan of the the romance between uh, Ben Affleck and uh, I just, I'm not, I'm just not a big fan. It, it didn't ever feel very meaningful felt more just kind of hey we're the two hot people on the, in this place and we might as well sleep together because there's really not any other choices they tried to have a couple of romantic scenes but they played out kind of dumb and didn't really mean anything probably the only saving bit is when she's standing there at the end and everything's going bad and they're kind of like, Oh, you need to go. And she's like, I don't have anywhere else to be. You know, her whole world was on that, those shuttles on that asteroid. But even then it just wasn't that convincing. And so I, I actually, I think I'm with Todd on this. I think I have to kind of go with the, the underage romance. Uh, and I'm, I do, I agree. I think it's kind of a glimpse of, 
this is going to be a world torn apart. There's going to be a lot of people picking up pieces and in non-traditional ways having to take on roles that uh, they normally wouldn't have had to do. And they're going to have to, and already have had to grow up quite a lot in this um, event, series of events. So I'm barely, I'm going to nudge out and say, say Deep Impact wins that one out for me as well. I think this one's going to be a blowout. I, I kind of want to know, you know, we have to, we have to, to rate these asteroids. That's the, the plot of the movie. We have these these huge killer asteroids coming to wipe out and and the entire Earth. There's going to be an extinction level event. So who has the cooler asteroid? Is it Deep Impact? I forgot what they say at one point. Really, really cold, minus below whatever temperatures, and then the sun heats it, and it instantly heats up to these super high temperatures, causing these gas pockets. To and then we have on armageddon there theirs was almost more like a comet it felt like but there was these trailing debris that they had to fly through and and almost uh i don't know how to even describe it there's all these like crystal things it was very alien looking on this on theirs which did you like better as far as a setting for, for those scenes? Andrew, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Round three. Yes. Because you know how I am about cool stuff. You know? Now, Armageddon's asteroid was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked Armageddon's asteroid. And, I mean, it's it's very menacing it's you know it's the size of texas the size of texas an asteroid will really f up a planet and you know i i just i i kind of like the asteroid but you know what's better than a cool looking asteroid a realistic cool asteroid and that's why deep impact wins because when they blow up their asteroid guess what happens it doesn't just stop it doesn't just oh yeah there's no more asteroid, guys. It breaks into two pieces like it should and keeps falling towards the Earth as it should. Because when you blow up a big asteroid, it doesn't just go away. It's still there, but now it's in a bunch of different little pieces. I'm with you. That's why Deep Impact wins. Todd, what do you think? Very similar thinking on my part. The asteroid and the comet, they're actually the objects themselves are similar. How they get to them is similar. How they deal with them is similar. But just as Andrew was saying in Armageddon, it's so big, it's going to destroy the planet. So, you know, they're going to stop it over in deep impact. Yeah. It's going to wreck shop, but it's not going to totally destroy things. And there's a way of kind of sort of surviving it. And they might kind of be able to break it up and they do kind of break it up. But they're only halfway successful, which means they do kind of get a halfway catastrophe, but it's not as bad. So we still get a disaster movie out of it, but we also get a lot of emotional stuff out of it. And so it's, yeah, over in Armageddon, it's basically just a black and white thing. It's an all or nothing. And so you, you, it's so predictable, you know what's going to happen. In Deep Impact, we get more shades of gray and there's more nuance. And so it makes for a better human interest story over in Deep Impact. I'm, I'm actually with you guys. Sadly, 
the, the asteroid in Armageddon felt like it belonged in like a Dr. Seuss world or something, or maybe a, a comic book world. I, it just was weird. It just was too weird. I don't know that it added as much to the story in realistic ways as the, uh, the one in deep impact, which gets me to the next category. And this one's going to be just a, a very quick, <laughs> cause I think we could spend multiple episodes talking about the issues in some of these, in either one of these movies, but let's get to the science and science accuracy or as much as possible. Which one do you feel like was more accurate, more realistic? Um, Andrew, I'll let you go first again. I made Todd go first a couple times. I'll let you go first one more time. Why don't you ever go first, Dave? I could go first if you want me to. No, it's okay, dude. Okay. See, I, I've, I've already been talking about it a lot, but yeah, <laughs> uh, almost to the point where I don't have to say anything. Armageddon does not make sense from a realistic standpoint at all. Why would you train oil workers to be astronauts? Why would you put take these nukes and put them in an asteroid if it's just going to shatter and hit the Earth anyway? But now there's a bunch of little pieces. How do we not see this big asteroid coming towards Earth before now? All of these things, you know, an asteroid this big, we would have seen it like hundreds of years in advance. We would have seen it. It's it's not like it's hiding. It's there. It's, it's right a big there. ass star. <laughs> it's it's right there. We got telescopes. We got satellites. We we we're counting all the stars in the sky. You know, we we would have seen something that big by now. You know, we would have seen it. But it's it's uh... plus as the asteroid gets closer and closer to the Earth, it would have started affecting things like a lot of things with gravity in general that I don't think they went over very well. And I just think deep impact was a bit more realistic. You know, one of the biggest things for me was when they blew up the asteroid, it didn't just go away. It actually broke into two pieces and then they had to deal with the pieces and yada, 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 yada. Well, even when they blew up the larger piece, the second time they talked about the, like, meteorites lighting up the sky for like hours or days <laughs> like the, the pieces kept you know kind of burning up in the atmosphere they were small but you know i'm sure they probably had a little bit more you know some big ones but what about you todd okay i'm going deep impact again <laughs> seems like every time every time we have one of these verses all my votes are just a landslide but i can't help it deep impact so we've got uh some of the science in the discovery of the asteroid some of the science that goes into trying to figure out what to do with it. Then we've got the science of the actual ship, which granted we've got that over in Armageddon too. You know, they both have uh, space shuttles that have been souped up. We've got the technology on how to try to blow it up. We've got the some of the science that goes into the backup plan uh, that the that the shuttle crew in Deep Impact go with. We've got the science of the backup plan that people on Earth go with when they think that it's just not going to work at all, uh, you know, going into the caves and stuff. 
And like I said, I'm sure that some science experts could probably still pick some holes in even stuff that, that Deep Impact does. But it still just as a movie for an average movie goer, it still just comes off as being more believable. So I don't know if it if it picked up on my microphone because I got a little bit of a different setup here today. But while you guys were talking, I was trying to rearrange my my uh, notes from good stuff and bad stuff because like Armageddon, it's almost nothing but bad stuff into different categories. And I have logic and tech combined into one category. So this first thing isn't even related to science or technology as much as it's just a logical thing. But I thought it was weird how. All of the guys, other than Bruce Willis's character, on the, are on the oil rig. Then the, the government comes and gets him off the oil rig because they need to reveal to him that they need him and his crew. And then almost seemingly that same day, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody has gone their separate ways. So I guess there were other helicopters or other boats that were getting everybody else off the oil rig at the same time that the government was getting him off, him off the oil rig so that all of them could go to their shore leave just so there could be a montage of the government then having to go and pick up all the guys from the different locations. Okay, so now getting to actual science and technology stuff. So, oh my goodness, this bugged me to death because Dave, <laughs> you and I are fans of Babylon 5. Yeah. You know, Babylon 5, the space station, it rotor- rotates in a certain way to create gravity. When it spins, it's like the direction away from the from the center point, away from the axis, is the direction at which the artificial gravity creates by the spinning. And this is one reason why I can't watch Moonraker the James Bond movie anymore. Because as a kid, I used to love the fact that they go up to the space station and there's a space fight and everything. But then when I got older and realized, okay, when they spin that space station to create gravity, the gravity is not going the right direction. They're spinning <laughs> it like a top so that the gravity can go down. No, the, the gravity should be like to toward outer portions of the inside wall. You mean inner portions of the outside wall. Right. Okay, well, in this movie, Armageddon, they do the same thing when they get to the Russian space station, which that whole section is like a waste of time anyway. But when they get to that uh, space station, they do the same thing. They rotate it on its axis to create gravity that goes down the axis. That's not how that works. Uh, So that bugged the crap out of me. Uh, Okay, so when they actually get to the comet, they've got these uh, craft called Armadillo. They're they're these landing craft, these kind of like all-terrain vehicles that have the the drilling devices in them. And I have to admit, they kind of look cool and they kind of get the job done and everything. But they also have Gatlin guns on them. (laughs) Why, why, why do space vehicles have Gatlin guns on them? And granted, they kind of sort of come in handy, too, but it's the type of thing where, okay, when they're thinking of things that might come in handy, who said, you know, we might need a Gatling gun. You know, we, we might need something that shoots rounds and rounds of bullets uh, just, you know, really fast. Why? What? I, okay, so um, at some point, somebody on one of the spatial crews in Armageddon has retractable sunglasses on the inside of their space helmet. Uh, and not only that, but I think that there's like a skull gear shift knob in one of the armadillos. Why? I don't, I don't know. And just because it's in my, my notes twice, why would a drilling vehicle have a Gatling gun? Uh, also (laughs) what is space dementia? Seriously, what is space dementia? Uh, let me see. Oh, and for all the science and engineering in the movie and they get the shuttle started by the Russian banging on something with a big wrench. 
that bugged yeah. me too. And I could have sworn that there was something else, but I might have placed it in a different part of my notes. But you get the idea. Deep impact wins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kind of sum this up. I did a little bit of research and, and there was actually an astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and several other experts who actually called deep, ac- deep impact accurate ish. <laughs> accurate ish yeah. um but but that's it's pretty high praise for a sci-fi movie you know because most of them don't even get that um and then it's funny because i was reading it i think somebody else said armageddon science i think i've heard of it because <laughs> they pretty much just whatever they wanted to do really no no science there it was just yeah this is what we need to do and I have to be careful how I word this next category, because if I, if you take it one way, it, it's like a no-brainer. Accuracy of government agencies. Like, how accurate were they in portraying government agencies as they deal with this end-of-the-world crisis? Because obviously, if I say which one was better as far as dealing with the government— you know, on one hand, you have one that the government's trying to actually stop things, and then in the other one, they're just interfering. But that being said, which did you think of, think was more realistic, more accurate in how the government would react if something like this happened? The interfering, you know, we have a, a depth and timetable chart, and if we're not there, we're just going to blow it and forget it. And you have the Morgan Freeman president with with plan after plan after and contingency plan. Todd, what do you think? I'm going deep impact again. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So with Armageddon, uh, I actually do have an item in my notes. I don't like how the brainstorming scene makes NASA people seem dumb, and relying on oil riggers later seem smart. So yeah, I, I don't like all that. I like the way that is handled over in Deep Impact, and I think it's more realistic there. They are trying to keep the thing secret as long as possible because they don't want panic. And they're realizing that that's not going to last forever, and they're wondering what's going to be the trigger for it not lasting forever. And that's why they're keeping tabs on some of the press. And when this Jenny Lerner character uh, stumbles onto something, they're like, oh, crap, we're going to have to advance our timetable. So they've already got contingency plans for contingency plans. And when they do have to give the presentation, they give it as smoothly as possible. Uh, They've got the crew ready to go. And then I just love that moment where after Tom Beck, played by Morgan Freeman, where he's He's been calm and he's been approaching things logically and he's, you know, he's given this very professional presentation. He just rests his hands on the podium and he says, rioting and looting will not be allowed. Price gouging will not be allowed. Uh, you know, and he goes into all the harsh reality and it's like, okay, there's a dark side of this and it's my job to present that too. And it's just that great moment. And then again, over in Armageddon, I have to admit, Billy Bob Thornton's character is pretty cool as a NASA worker. Uh, but some of the other guys at NASA, eh, I don't know. I, I just think that NASA is probably smarter than the NASA that is portrayed 
over in uh, Armageddon, which is ironic because over in Armageddon, they show a lot of stuff that probably is too expensive to fake up. They were in locations and filming against, you know, actual rockets and using actual equipment that probably came from NASA. So you were joking about how NASA or the uh, Armageddon probably didn't pay much attention to science. And who knows if they had any science advisors, but I bet they got to film some stuff at NASA. I would be surprised if I'm wrong on that. But yeah, I've got to give it to Deep Impact, ultimately. All right, Andrew, what do you think? Who's more accurate? Uh, I didn't really think about the people... It was more focused on the explosions. Oh, no. That's the next question, so I'll, I'll, you'll get to go first next. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> I I think I have to agree with Todd. I think that the people in Deep Impact just reacted more, you know, realistically. They just... People over in Armageddon, uh, why would they be drawing straws over who gets left on the asteroid why would they be why would the guy be okay with his employee banging his daughter why would why would <laughs> none of this is realistic none of this would actually happen none of the why would they decide it was a good idea to train all these oil rig workers to be astronauts and they wouldn't question it at all uh, yeah deep impact wins just because armageddon is dumb <laughs> okay okay um there's part of me that some days believes that you know sadly armageddon is probably more realistic but i'm gonna uh, i i want to believe i i want to believe and not that the the government in deep impact did everything correct right you can tell that there are things that they're doing that they still don't believe in you know, that they just feel like they have to be doing something. And it does, they don't even show it. We just hear about it. You know, they launch all these nukes, you know, a coordinated nuclear strike between the U.S. and Russia, and everybody shoots all these nukes up there to try to just hit it and see if it does any good, knocks it off course or something. And he basically just gets on and says, nope, that failed. And even the, like, they've dug out these caves and they're going to, you know, live in them and it's going to be their ark and they're going to try to survive. You could tell that there's, there's almost not a lot of faith in that either. You know, it's like, well, this is our hope that it works, but we don't really, really know that this is going to do anything and we're all just going to suffocate down here anyways. But I like that they, they kept doing, they kept having plans and kept trying and they still did some things that I thought would a, a real government would do. You know, they, the newscaster lady was one of the ones that was picked to go and live in the, you know, the caves. She was automatically selected mainly because they wanted her face. She was the one that kind of broke the news. So people trusted her. So she gets a free pass. She didn't really do anything. Mm. She, she didn't even know what she was doing when she broke the story. She didn't know what the story was. She just, Oh, okay. <laughs> and stumbled into it. But she gets the free pass. So um, in that way, I think it was that it had its, you know, ups and downs. Um, you know, it did some shady stuff. They basically kidnapped the news reporter to begin with and let her know, you know, we could just take you out. <laughs> and I have to give it to Deep Impact as well. Last category that I have, and then I'll see if you guys have any extra that you want to talk about. 
This is a, these are both disaster movies. Yes. We were going into the year 2000. Uh, everybody was worried about Y2K. How was the world going to end? And, you know, we had a lot of movies that came about in that time frame. And these were a couple of them. We talked about in one of our previous episodes, Volcano and Dante's Inferno also came out very quick. You know, similar. Mm-hmm. For Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Um, there were movies about uh, earthquakes. There were movies about ice storms and, and climate mm-hmm. change. This yeah. one, these just happen to be the, the earth is going to end by, you know, big asteroids or comets hitting the earth and, and wiping us out. Now, who had the better arm destruction scenes? Who blew up the earth more and or better? Andrew, this one's for you. This is all the big kabooms and, and explosions. Armageddon had good kaboom. You know, very kaboom, much kaboomage, very testosterone kaboom, but deep impacts kaboom. Ooh. I like Deep Impact's Kaboom because the Kaboom into the water. Oh, that was so cool. You know, big Kaboom into water, all the tsunamis. That was a cool Kaboom. I, I like the water Kaboom. You like the water Kaboom tsunami more than the, uh, I think there was, there was, well, Deep Impact starts off with little meteors hitting New York and then there are uh, Armageddon. I'm sorry. Yes, Armageddon hit uh, started off with the meteorites hitting New York. Later, there's a scene where it's China or Japan, somewhere over in Asia, uh, where they get pelted by a whole bunch of small ones. And then there's even a scene in Paris where Paris gets pummeled. Um, See, now I liked the Paris kaboom because I hate French people. Well, what are you then? I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? <laughs> oh, are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> but that's got to do with my own personal bias, so I didn't take that into account. See, I love watching a city get flattened, but I see cities get flattened all the time. Now, seeing the ocean get flattened, that was cool. Now, tsunamis are just such an intimidating presence because they're just so much bigger. Uh, there's no running from them. That's what that's what I like about, you know, seeing tsunamis and stuff. Maybe we should review some tsunami movies. Uh, what about you, Todd? Who'd you, whose kabooms were better? I've got to go with Deep Impact again. <laughs> now, like a broken record. No. <laughs> I, I know. I, this is the, the third verses that we've done, and in all three of them, all of my votes have been the same and I can't help it. I, I would like mix and match them if we got two things that were more evenly matched, but I can't help it. In each, in each example we've done, I always like one so much better. It wins everything. So at the beginning of the movie uh, if for Armageddon, like you said, we had some of the smaller pieces that broke off from the comet already starting to hit us. And who knows, there might be some realism to that. I, I don't know. The problem with it was that realistic or not, the first part of Armageddon was super annoying. The first part, I I couldn't stand it. It was that typical Michael Bay humor of having these weird characters that you're not going to follow for the rest of the movie and that aren't funny and stuff happens to them and they make jokes about it. And so you've got these pieces hitting places in New York and, and people making those unfunny jokes and stuff. 
And so that was horrible. Also, you mentioned Paris blowing up. If I understand correctly from something I read online, that was actually added later. I'm not sure they were going to show that, and they might have had to do it in order to match you know, stuff the, the way it happened in Deep Impact. So it's almost like that was an afterthought. So even if it was cool, uh, it's like they they added it later because they weren't smart enough to have it in there in the first place. So over in Deep Impact, yes, even that movie has to have a scene of destruction because it's still ultimately a disaster movie that's got to deliver that type of thing for you. So it does it, but it saves it for the end of the movie because we've got all the emotional stuff and heroic stuff that kind of leads up to that. And even when we get it, there's still like the struggle during the thing. So it's not like a, it's not like I was saying in Armageddon where it's an all or nothing. There's still a struggle during the thing and you're not sure who's going to survive and who doesn't. And you see that it's a close call for people. And then you have to remind yourself of the casualties that still happen. And then you get the last moment in the movie of, of the hope and everything. So yeah, ultimately, I lost my train of thought, and I've already forgotten what the category was. It doesn't matter. It goes to deep impact. <laughs> okay, I, I think I'm actually the one on the other side on this one. Um, if I really just take a discerning look and I'm de- breaking down, you know, the destruction scenes and and the scenes where the meteorites are all coming in and hitting different cities and different things. Um, I was more impressed with the special effects and deep impact. Uh, it's not that I didn't like what, the bigs. What, the big, I'm sorry, in Armageddon. I'm okay. sorry, yeah, I keep saying this. I don't know. Uh, it's been a long night. Uh, the the multiple scenes in Armageddon. It's not that I didn't like the big tsunami scene in Deep Impact. I thought it was pretty cool, but at the same time, you know. It, you know, a bunch of water kind of washing in. It, it just didn't have the same oomph as the other. And so this is the one category that I've, I've definitely got to go with, uh, with Armageddon as far as uh, just having the more effective blow up scenes. Oh, but speaking of things blowing up, I, I forgot to mention this thing from my notes. How is it that all of Michael Bay's explosions look the same? No matter what he's blowing up, where and whether it's a big explosion, a bunch of little ones, all his explosions look the same. You can tell they're all just a bunch of gasoline getting shot directly up and sparks flying everywhere. It's like all his explosions look the same. All right. That's all I have for categories. I think we have a pretty clear winner in this one. Um, Now, I I need to compare because I definitely I think it's always kind of fun just to compare our feelings towards the general population and and we just do that by checking on rotten tomatoes and rotten tomatoes has deep impact with the tomato meteor which is the one from critics at 46 percent and the audience score at 43 which i found interesting the audience is lower on deep impact than it is for the um the critics Armageddon on the other hand tomato meter the critics 37% so deep impact was at 46 almost 10 points it's 9 points higher than um, Armageddon but still very low Um, definitely under that 50% so it's not fresh it's rotten but then the audience score for Armageddon is 
versus the 43% for Deep Impact. So audiences on Rotten Tomato have rated it much higher than what we felt. Uh, okay, wait a minute. I, I think I missed something along the way. So you were, you were doing the tomato meter for both of them first and then the audience score for both? So for the tomato meter for Deep Impact is 46 yeah. and Armageddon is 37. So Deep Impact okay. wins that by 9%. Okay. The audience score for Deep Impact is only 43%. And the audience score for Armageddon is 73%. So okay. Oh, my goodness. 30% higher for Armageddon for the audience score. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Some, sometimes <laughs> I just, sometimes I, I tell you, sometimes I'm just worried about humanity. And this, <laughs> and this is a reason. This is a reason right here. The, the audience score for Armageddon being that much higher than Deep Impact. And yes, I, I like the fact that the critic score for Deep Impact is higher, but the fact that even it isn't in the in the fresh range, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I can't. I don't even know. Um, so I guess let's do this because we're 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 kind of to that point, anyways. Where we, um, well, do you guys have any other categories or anything else incidentals that you want to talk about with these movies? Why one sticks out better than the other? I've definitely got some more complaints about Armageddon. <laughs> I I really didn't have that many notes on Deep Impact stuff about. There were several good characters. I liked several moments. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, one thing on screen text is the same or similar to that used on Babylon five. Uh, I think they use the same font or something like that. Uh, so many great moments like tough goodbyes and the ending is, is bittersweet because of the combination of tragedy, but also resiliency of humanity. Um, uh, let me see. I think I do have a couple quotes and I, I wouldn't mind talking about one particular character okay. over in deep impact. Cause as good as it is, Deep Impact does have one major flaw. Uh, but then, yeah, I also have some several complaints over in Armageddon that I don't know if I could fit in a lightning round. And I don't know if we're doing a lightning round. We could do a lightning round. I mean, it's a good way to sum up and just kind of throw some extra points out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, if you've got something that you think will be a little bit longer than that, now would be the time. Okay, well, let me throw a little bit of fairness over to Armageddon because I know we kind of trashed it along the way. Uh, one thing I had in my good stuff category has already been mentioned, the whole never playing, paying taxes thing. Uh, that that was good. Uh, the Armadillo, or Armadillo vehicles looked pretty cool. I think I mentioned that too. But the only other thing is that the training montage is okay in some ways. It's not exactly funny, but at least they do address that these people – need a bare minimum of training before going to space. So even though the concept of training the drillers to be astronauts instead of the astronauts to drill, even though that's ridiculous, at least they didn't ignore stuff completely and they did train the drillers. And I think that, again, I think some of the locations they used had to have been NASA, like they do the whole buoyancy thing in the pool. They probably did use the buoyancy pool in Houston, it looked kind of familiar because I've actually I actually got to tour some of those buildings uh, one year. Uh, in fact, it was when I was at Space City Con uh, in 2014. I was I was in Galveston for that, but I was in Houston for a day or two before that, and I actually took a tour of Johnson Space Center and I paid a little extra for uh, for the the better tour, and it included the buoyancy lab. We didn't get to go you know near the pool, but we were in kind of like a hallway where you got to look at it outside of window. 
So I, I actually have to respect Armageddon for, for using possibly some real life locations. And even if it wasn't scientifically accurate, at least using some scientific locations and stuff like that. I can't ignore what happens in the first few minutes of the movie on the oil rig. The whole thing where Bruce Willis's character is chasing uh, Ben Affleck's character and shooting at him. Oh my goodness, that is so stupid. Yes, I know there's a whole overprotective daughter thing, but you're literally shooting at real ammunition at somebody. And yes, he says, oh, I'm not trying to hit him. Even if you're trying to miss, you're shooting up your own oil rig. So you're either shooting a human or your own property. Put the gun down. If you're mad at him, yell at him. Don't shoot at him. He's a human. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. The stupid gun. Yeah. And then later in the movie, there's the whole thing where he accepts him as like, oh, you're almost like a son to me. And he sacrifices himself so that Ben Affleck's character can survive and everything. And it's like earlier in the movie, you were shooting at him and now you love him and everything. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I just hated the way the movie handled the tone of characters and stuff like that. And I got some comments about pacing. I might be able to fit that in the lightning round. Um, so, yeah, that that's good enough. I do need to ask this question because I know we kind of talked about it a couple times. And I know Andrew kind of even mentioned it. Are we totally against and really is, is the one of the main flaws the fact that they actually put these oil rig workers into space? Is that is that one of the biggest issues that we have? Or how do you feel about that? Is that... Do you, do you feel that that would be realistic at all? It's probably not realistic, but it's also not a total deal breaker. I mean, because if you look at this as a disaster move, which already for most disaster moves, you've got to put aside a little bit of logic in the first place. And if you also look at it as part action movie, part comedy, and so you're automatically supposed to not take too many things too seriously – that by itself is not a deal breaker. It's the fact that that one ridiculous thing is combined with so many other ridiculous things. Like if in Deep Impact, if you had kept the same tone, most of the same characters, a lot of the same pacing, stuff like that, but they on their shuttle just happened to have some oil, oil drillers. And yes, they, had to, they said they had to train them super quickly and they're doing approximately the same thing. It would be easier to, to take. It's the, it's the fact that it's, one ridiculous thing among so many ridiculous things over in Armageddon. Okay. What about you, Andrew? How did you feel about the, the old drillers in space? Was that just too ridiculous or? Okay. It is very, very, very hard to be an astronaut. The amount of physical and mental training you have to go through is very, very rigorous. It can take years Years and it, you have to be a very, very intelligent person and a very, very strong willed person to not only go through the process, to, but to actually go through what you go through in space. You have to know how to, you, you have to be in the top 0.001% of people to be able to make it out there, you, to be able to survive. Because, you know, so if, if crap hits the fan, then, you know, and you don't know what you're doing and you're uh, and I'm not saying oil rig people are dumb, but the oil riggers in this movie are dumb and you're a dumb person that's out there. You're screwed. You are so screwed. I guess my question would be, in a sense, I kind of wonder if this wasn't a little bit of what Armageddon was wanting to look at. Uh, maybe I'm digging too deep. 
I guess it's the argument of, okay, so you have a, a brain surgeon and the brain surgeon is in the top, you know, 1% of the, the, the population of the earth and just super smart. Their power goes out. Do you want the brain surgeon climbing the pole to turn the power back on? Or do you want the person who's been trained to do that their entire life climbing the pole to turn the power back on? I see. I don't know. Do, do you either see way, what I mean? I mean, because I, I, I get I think, it. I get what you're saying. But either way, it's going to be either drillers learning how to be astronauts being taught by astronauts and people who are trained to teach astronauts or it's astronauts being taught how to drill by the oil drillers. So, I mean, which one is harder is, is, is the drilling really that difficult and has, you need that much skill and talent that you have to drill? Because in my opinion, I think that the astronaut thing takes a lot more training and time. I think that was a time I would have believed you, but I'm going to make an argument that we put Captain Kirk in space, right? He was an astronaut and and it's kind of the equivalent, right? He really didn't do anything. He was just along for the ride, right? These drillers didn't do anything. They weren't piloting the shuttles. They didn't have to know how to make it all work. They didn't have to, you know, balance O2 pressure or anything like that. They're just, sitting in a seat riding until they get to the point to do their job. So they're just passengers. So is it harder to take the person who knows what they're doing as a skilled set and make them a passenger on the space shuttle or train that person who is going, knows all about the space shuttle, a whole new skill set that they know nothing about. See, but they don't only know about the space shuttle. They also know how to do what they do in space, in places where there are little to no gravity. Because what happens is when you compare it to doing something, it's it's not as easy as it looks. I saw physics class made me learn this. But basically, when you're under zero or little, little to no gravity, even if you're tethered to something, it is very, very very difficult to do work like it takes lots of training and learning and practice practicing places like underwater and you put it in the screw and you hit the button the screw doesn't turn you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly unless you've anchored yourself down you're you know the the screw's not going to turn it's not going to do anything you're just going to sit there and spin on the screw uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, did that play in at all? I mean, in some ways I kind of see what they were going at. And, and like I said, we, we, we put William Shatner in space, probably had to go through a little bit of training, but he did not go through anything that a NASA person would have to have done. Cause he probably wouldn't have survived in order to, to, to make that trip. Now he didn't go with NASA. He went with, you know, private industry, and the goal, of course, is for all of us to someday be able to to travel and, and not have to go through all this training. I was just curious. Todd, what do you think? 
Well, I kind of see the point that you're trying to make in that they're just passengers on the space shuttle, so they don't have to be true astronauts exactly. They just have to get there and then they do their job. But a lot of that, I think, would depend on the equipment that they're using, because if the if the equipment is super advanced, then the NASA team might still be able to learn it faster and understand it better. Because think about it, they're using smaller drills to make smaller holes, at least I assume so, than they're using over in the oil rig. The armadillo, they said, yeah, this is your design. It was his creation and design that they used to make the armadillo. So he is the top. You know, He's made the equipment. So then it's like, oh, and, and, you know, they originally were like, oh, we need you to train the people how to do it. And he's like, I can't train these people in a few days. It, it, it's a lifetime of knowledge that he has. I think in, in some ways I don't want to discount and say that it's it's totally a poo-poo notion that, you know, we wanted to just send these you know, oil riggers up to, to do it, to do the job. I think in some ways that makes actually more sense than trying to train the astronauts but it still didn't make it a better movie (laughs) no and also let's say that you're on to something and that that's true okay fine the movie does not do a good job showing the need of the skill of the of the drillers and i tried to pay attention to that too because it's not like they're doing something super genius they might be who knows in real life oil drinking uh, uh, yeah oil drinking uh, oil drinking oil digging might be very hard and have a lot more nuance to it than anybody us or anybody else could give give credit to it but i don't think the movie did a good job portraying that because in the movie they basically turn on the drill it started drilling and when they hit bad pockets they were like uh uh back it out uh oh we've got to replace a bit you know they were basically doing common sense stuff and i was like okay where's the genius moment where it's like, okay, thank goodness they really are there and they didn't, you know, send instructions or do training for the astronauts. And I never, I don't remember getting that out of the movie. I never felt that genius moment where I was like, okay, it really is crucial for them to be there. It's like they were just flipping switches and and, and switching bits. And yeah. so the argument that people made that, oh, they probably could have trained the uh, the astronauts easier well, whether that's true or not, the movie doesn't make a good job countering that argument. Right. Um, I mean, so. I think they tried to with the whole, like, you know, the astronauts were ready to just leave and set off the nuke on the surface of the thing 30 minutes before they blew it up. So they would have not succeeded, you know, if they went with them, because that's what they would have done. We didn't make it far enough. Okay, let's just blow it up here. True. But is that more a case of the movie making the drillers look smart or making the astronauts look dumb? Surely the astronauts had to also know the importance of the explosion occurring from as deep within the comet as possible. Crap, I meant asteroid, not comet. You guys getting everything reversed is rubbing off on me. But yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it didn't do a very good job convincing of that. I think they tried in certain ways, kind of with the, you know, kind of even at the very beginning, AJ character that had uh, turned on a certain pump and they, he had said, I 
turned it off for a reason because there was this this kind of stuff going on and he knew that there were gas pockets and and he could tell the intricacies of what they were drilling through even from the surface but it you know it still didn't seem like that big of a catastrophe they still like oh yeah we still hit oil so we're good and let's leave they kind of talked about people how how people could have gotten killed but it really wasn't that big a yeah they didn't sell it right and like i said deep impact was just much better more entertaining movie time over double kill <laughs> well let's get to the lightning round Lift off and the clock has started. lightning round and roll for initiative oh 20 right. oh no I got a one. I guess I'm going last. You get a 20, Todd? Yeah. Then you get an extra second to talk about how bad Armageddon is. I got a two, so. <laughs> you want to trade or something? <laughs> uh, I guess I, I, I'm i going to say the same thing either way, so. All right. All right. Okay, so here I go. Ready and go. Uh, from the very beginning, the voiceover of Charlton Heston sounds weird. Uh, just a couple minutes in the movie, and I'm already one of the camera to stop moving. Uh, of course, there has to be two shuttles because Michael Bay would want one to crash. Uh, the entire uh, oh pacing problems throughout, in general, but specifically the Russian space station sequence is nine minutes, and that's nine minutes I could have done without. Uh, also, there are lots of other wasted moments throughout the movie. Uh, just stupid jokes, writing a nuclear warhead, stuff like that. Uh, oh, and of course, Owen Wilson will be the one to get killed, even though he's like the most likable and interesting character. He did have a kind of a cool character. Yeah, it's a shame that he got killed. I mean, I, I like Owen Wilson and, and his character was maybe not well-developed, but cool enough to where I would want to see more of him and he was one of the casualties. That was weird. Hi, right, Andrew. You're up next. 30 seconds. Wait, me? Yeah, I got a one. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, Okay, ready? Uh, yeah, sure. And go. Armageddon's weird. It's weird. It's so it's 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 weird, man. I don't know what kind of pot they were smoking, but they did a lot of it. <laughs> Deep Impact's not so bad. It's okay. I'm not gonna rewatch it though, unless they these guys make me. And uh. I think it's Tom that we start watching some tsunami movies Tom. instead of volcanoes <laughs> and asteroids. And I also think that it's funny that pre-2000s, they thought the Earth was going to end with an asteroid or a volcano, but it ended up ending over a virus that was named after a beer. We were off a little bit, too. You know, it was 2000, 2012. There was about... You know, 10 or 12 years there that everybody thought the world was going to end. And I was like, no, yeah. I had to wait till 2020. And then it didn't really end. It just, my favorite quote. The world was, ended temporarily. Most boring apocalypse ever. <laughs> it's the COVID. It's like, everybody just go home and sit down. Don't do anything. Yeah, next time can we get some zombies or something? Like, you can't do anything. You just have to go home and go home. <laughs> That's it. Um, all right, I guess it's up to me. 30 seconds. Okay, ready? I think so. And go. 
Yeah, Deep Impact, there's just not a lot there. I mean, I, I'm sorry, Armageddon, there's not a lot there. Deep Impact is great. It's a fun movie. There's lots of good stuff, lots of meaningful characters that grow. And I think it's, there's a lot of meaning there. Um, don't waste your time on Armageddon. That's about all I got. Two, one. Okay. Let's rate these bad boys. Ratings. Okay, and I just had to double check my ratings because I had a B for Deep Impact, which did not seem right. And yeah, I I think I had copied and pasted a, a a previous set of notes or something, and so the B was left over from something else. Um, at one time, I think I might have rated this higher, like maybe an A minus, maybe even A. And for some reason, this time I rated it a B plus. Um, but it's still a very high, respectable B plus and who knows, maybe I'll watch it again sometime and think it's an, an A minus, but yeah, deep impact is a good movie and I still consider B plus so high that I would say it's still kind of an all around all time favorite, but just not the tip top end of favorites over on Armageddon. Uh, I, I think my, my feelings are, are pretty obvious. There's one last little thing I, I didn't get a chance to, to say in lightning round. There's a little piece of dialogue somewhere in the movie. This place is like Dr. Seuss's worst nightmare. What does that even mean? What? what? It, okay. So uh, yeah, deep impact is just a mess all around. You mean Armageddon in lots of ways that we didn't have time to get to. I give it a D plus and rank it 71st out of 75 movies that we've either reviewed or will review, oh, which wow. means it is in my bottom five. And I forgot to mention, but deep impact out of 75 is 21st. Okay. So it's in the upper third. Andrew, what you got for these two movies? Oh, that's right. It's my turn. It is. Yep. Uh, oh, gee. I wonder which one I'm going to choose. The the crack-headed testosterone taking. Uh, uh, well, you're not choosing, you're grading, so it's both of them. Yeah, no. But oh, are we not saying which one's our favorite? Well, you're well, I'll start with the bad one. Yeah, you're Armageddon. <laughs> I gave this one a 72. Okay. Because it's not a bad well it's pretty bad but it's not like horrible bad it's kind of middle of the pack bad i would watch it but not uh, i would never watch it on my own accord like i would never choose to watch it and then deep impact i gave it a little bit higher give it a 78 because you're pretty close okay wow uh, I mean, I, I, as far as like actual movies go as enjoyment value, I think they're both pretty similar. The only reason Deep, Deep Impact isn't as bad is because it's it's just a little more level-headed. <laughs> okay. It's just... Uh, uh, I, I just don't like Armageddon as much. Okay. I got you. Okay. Um, for me... 
deep impact. Actually, I'm I'm right there with you, Todd. It it gets a an eight and a half out of ten, very close to a nine. I think there have been times when I would have rated it a nine, but then there's other times where I'm like, okay, eight and a half. It does have some pacing issues, but um, yeah, Deep Impact is is fun. It's a good movie. I, I recommend it to anybody. Um, sadly, Armageddon gets a, a six out of ten. It, it's it's pretty far down there. It's just, I mean, I think the best part about the movie is the the one song, and. Sadly, by the time the movie ends, I've heard it enough. I don't care about the song anymore. So, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's all I got for those. Um, well, it, oh, yeah. It, I did forget to mention one thing about Deep, Deep Impact. Or I mentioned, but I said I would get to it later. The Jenny Lerner character. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about her? Because as good as Deep Impact was in so many other ways, she is the worst thing about that movie. And here's the weird thing is she's played by Taylor Leone, who I barely remember Jurassic Park three, but what little I do remember is that for some reason I liked it best out of the trilogy. I'm like one of the few people who like maybe the only person on the planet who, who is not that fond of the first Jurassic Park movie. I mean, yes, it's good. It's fine. But for some reason, I think I like Jurassic Park three better. But the other thing is that she's an annoying character in that movie and she's an annoying character in this movie. And the weird thing is, it's not like Tay Leone is horrible because she played the secretary of state on something like six or seven seasons of Madam Secretary. And Dave, I think you were a fan of that show, too. I love that show. And she was great in it. So I know she's a great actress, but man, she plays an annoying character in this movie. And one of the most cringeworthy moments, uh, I think I almost go into a fit and start yelling at the screen anytime it happens. It's, it should be a sad moment. It's after uh, her mom, I think, has committed suicide, I think is what they're implying. Yeah. And then she's only got her father left, but he, she's kind of estranged from her father. You know, they, they've got kind of a strange relationship. And he drives up and she is sitting in the rain. And he tells her to get in the car. And she says something like, do you know how I feel? I feel like an orphan. Oh, my goodness. That is just such a lame line. I cannot stand that line. Oh, my goodness. It just it drives me into a fit because she's an adult. She's on TV. She's a reporter. She's in her late 20s, early 30s. She's independent. She probably has her own apartment or or house. Yes, it's a tragedy when you lose your parents. She still technically got one alive. There's no way you can be an, an adult and be an orphan. I just it drives me bananas. I got you. I got you. Uh, all right, listeners, we're about to get to the point where we step through the next portal or figure out which portal we're going to step through next. And we do that by rolling the dice and comparing a chart. But before that, I'd like to hear what you think of this movie um, or our review of these movies and which one you liked better. If you will just send us a message discerning geeks at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, the discerning geeks portal or on Twitter at discerning geeks. Also rate us, let us know what you think of the podcast, kind of pass the word on that way we can move up on the ranks and people will know more about our podcast who wants to spin us and find our next portal that we're going to step through and what we're going to review next? Andrew, you got any dice ready? Yes, I do. Right here in my lucky drawer. You ready, Todd? Yep. Okay. 
83. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's an Andrew pick. That's going to be the third Andrew pick we've gotten out of the past 24 episodes. Nope, it's one of mine. Dang it! And it's another list, and I still haven't, I still haven't sent you clarification on the other list. Top ten favorite sci-fi, fantasy, and horror TV seasons. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> okay, so wait, say that again. Top seasons. Top ten favorite sci-fi, fantasy, or horror TV seasons. So a few episodes ago, we rolled the one for uh, favorite sci-fi fantasy uh, horror single episode stories. So not two parters, not three parters or story arcs, but single episode stories. And I, I've been meaning to send you guys some clarification. I, I need to because I don't necessarily want it to be a t- that one to be a top 10 list. I think that one needs to be more of a nebulous thing where it's just like we just list great episodes. Uh, this one is TV seasons. And I'll have to think about it a little bit more, whether it stays a top 10 or if it becomes kind of a nebulous thing where we just pick out great seasons. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is a whole season of something. Whew. So okay. sci-fi big, horror, right? It, yeah, sci-fi, fantasy, or horror. I, I okay. threw in the horror part for you because I know you're a horror fan. Thank you. Thank you. I so for those of you kind of keeping track at home, um, We've got some episodes coming up. We've got a ranking Star Wars episode. We've got a ranking individual episodes. And now a ranking seasons of sci-fi and fantasy and horror. So a little bit different from our normal just movies. We've got a lot of, of good episodes coming up. And yeah. We'll keep you guys informed, and hopefully you'll see those episodes soon. But for all of our listeners out there, oh well, first, let me say to Todd and Andrew, thank you guys. I enjoyed this discussion. I enjoyed these movies, but it's always better to, you know, attack them and and watch the fight uh, with you guys. So glad that we could be on here together. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us. And remember to do whatever makes you a discerning geek. Have a good evening. Yeah, thank you for listening. May the force be with you. Always. And may your asteroids never have too much testosterone. Because apparently that's not a convenience. All you have to do is drill them deep enough and blow them up. The testosterone? (laughs) The asteroids. Oh, 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 okay, okay. And try to avoid the outgassing. <laughs>